Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. And we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya's a bottom, and we are rope partners who've been practicing together for a couple of years. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. Yes, we do, and in fact, we just moved into our uh, new offices here at uh, Rope Podcast Corporation, so dear listeners, <laughs> you might notice that our sound is a little different. Uh, let us know if you like it better or not. But uh, besides rain, it's a lot quieter than the old office used to be, I would say. I would say so. So, Maya, today we are talking about a topic we get asked about a lot. The holy grail of rope, or at least some would like to think so, suspension bondage. So more specifically, when do you know when you're ready to try it for the first time and hopefully without killing anyone or without dying? Yeah, that, that'd be bad. I'm, I mean, all rope is dangerous, but let's try to uh, contain and mitigate that risk as best we can. Right? Very much so. Very much so. So from a, a top perspective, from the rigorous perspective, what are the key skills, would you say, Fox, that you need um, in order to be ready for uh, rope suspension? Well, Maya, what I noticed when I first started doing suspensions is that quite often in a suspension situation, you are going to need to work one-handed because you're using one of your hands to support your bottom's body in some way. And so I find it quite useful to be able to do some things with a single hand, such as forming a locked head or extending the rope I'm currently working on or starting a single column so I can quickly add a support somewhere on the body that needs additional support in the suspension. Okay, and presumably you need to be able to do that not just one-handed, but quite quickly. Uh, I would say if you're supporting some of your bottom's body weight, either with your other hand or with your hips or in a variety of ways, then you buy yourself a lot of time and you don't necessarily need to rush. Okay, okay. So what other top skills uh, do you think are necessary? Uh, well, as I was saying, supporting the, the other person's uh, weight can be done in a variety of ways. I think it's a good idea to practice that. And one exercise I could suggest is do a partial suspension and see, play with your partner and see how you can help them support their body weight and maybe have you be the thing taking them to a full suspension from a partial or things like that. Because if you ever get in an emergency situation or if you ever get later into doing transitions, then you're going to want to have those skills, I think. Okay, okay. So talking about emergencies, um, presumably being able to bring someone down quickly is pretty important. So what kind of things do you need for that? Well, the thing is, uh, people might think that by bringing someone down, you mean you have to get them out of the rope entirely, but that's not the case. You want to get their full weight no longer being completely suspended by the rope. That's your goal. 
<coughs> okay. And so what do, what does that mean? How how would you do that? Give us some examples of things that they might be able to practice. Uh, in a very practical way, often it can mean bringing one of the legs down so they can push on that leg and get some of the weight off of the ropes. Uh, and that's usually untying a single thing so you can get one of those legs uh, to, to the ground. Another thing you can do, and I don't see done very often, but it's actually quite good for safety, is have a piece of furniture nearby that you can just slide under them. And so that okay, like a stool or a chair, something stool, like that. Stool, chair, uh, some kind of small table. Step uh, ladder. Step ladder. So something that you can just prop under them and that will instantly take them from a suspension situation to a non-suspension situation. And usually that will take the urgency out of the problem. Okay, so that gives you a bit more time then to respond uh, more slowly to the rest of the bringing them down. Definitely, definitely. So uh, I, I imagine there are some uh, technical mechanics and things that you need to know around the tires and things like that. So, so what are the, the kind of basics that you need to understand for suspension that might be different from floor tires? Uh, there are principles of mechanics, mostly center of gravity as a concept, trying to imagine how your bottom's body is going to be moved in the suspension and by, by the uplines you've created and what kind of position she's going to end up in. Uh, it's also quite useful to understand leverage and to think about how you're going to get that person off the floor and into the suspension situation. Uh, it's actually a bit harder than you might think to just deadlift someone off of the floor using rope. No, I, I can imagine it's quite hard. There's not much of me. So, so in order to get around that, what kinds of things might you do? Uh, well, one thing I did a bit when I was starting in rope is I actually suspended inanimate objects. And I played around with uh, how to make them stay upright, how to put them in a horizontal position, where do you place your anchors, how do you configure your uplines. And that allows you to play with the physics a bit and get familiar with them. Okay. Uh, and then obviously, like, a human being is not like a, a giant jug of water. So when you move from, <laughs> from the latter to the former, you want to think about what a human body can sustain in terms of positions, in terms of tensions, in terms of weight, and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what what and what other things, if anything, are there that uh, the rigor or the top might need to know? One thing I would recommend is before you start suspending people, Maya, you get um, you get used to how you would clear a jam in the suspension system you're using. Some people suspend using bamboo. Some people suspend using rings. Some people suspend using carabiners. Those, I guess, are the three more common ones. And they all have their own potential problems, and it's quite good to have an idea what to do if you have those problems, if you have a jam uh, at the ring, for instance, if you're suspending using a suspension ring, and how you would clear that. Because if that happens during one of your first suspensions and you don't know what to do, it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And talking of that, so obviously not everything is going to go smoothly because that's what happens. So um, I imagine you need to have some kind of plan around how to react to incident. So so what kind of things might that might include? Uh, the first two things that would come to my mind, Maya, are are you going to cut the rope? And if so, when and how? Uh, do you have a cutting tool in a fixed location that's easy to get to? And that doesn't mean in the boot of your car while you're suspending in the club. That means hopefully somewhere on your person so it's not a, a cooking knife in the kitchen. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not something that you threw somewhere in your play bag and you would need to turn the whole play bag upside down and search for minutes before you find it. It's hopefully something you have on your person and you can look really cool as a rigger like having those utility belts and stuff like basically you can be batman right with all the gear or, or you can just have some safety shears next to you on the table also, also fine also that work you look slightly less cool but it will do the job <laughs> um, i think as a bottom i'm quite happy for that and then okay you and have... you need to know how to use them also i i just want to yeah. state that like i wonder how many people have safety shears and have never used them to cut anything uh, that's a very relevant. Uh, that's a very relevant point, and I would say if you have old uh, bits and pieces of rope, practice um, cutting rope with your uh, cutting yeah. tool of choice. And understanding how to get your cutting tool underneath the rope so that you don't stab your um, bottom. That that can be a, that can be a bonus if your bottom is not into a knife player. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Anything um, else? Uh, and and I will just uh, close that point by saying that. Cutting when you're in trouble sometimes gets you in more trouble. So I would not necessarily go to cutting the rope as my first course of action in every situation. So it's having that plan as yeah. well to understand yeah. when you would cut the rope and, and when you wouldn't. And then also responding if you do have an injury, I think it's good to, to talk to your bottom and agree together like what you would do in the, the case of an injury, right? Sure, and it's not a bad idea to have uh, some kind of a first aid kit available. So if you're playing in a commercial dungeon or at an official party, probably the organizers will have something, but it's kind of good to double check. Uh, there's no harm in having some first aid supplies in your play bag. And I would also recommend having an idea of what the nearest hospital is and how you would get there in case things get pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. for some types of injuries we're talking about with suspension, uh, time can make a big difference. And the way a person is going to be transported from the site of the incident to the hospital is also uh, going to make a big difference, especially in things like spinal injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But enough about yeah. riggers, Maya. Uh, you're a bottom. You love suspension. You've done over 50 of them. So what's your perspective on when a bottom is ready for suspension? Um, okay. So I think that there are some safety basics that are important to understand for me. Um, and those are, um, I guess, the kind of sensations that you might feel in rope and then in suspension. So for me, I think it's good to start rope with floor work, build up to partials, build up to suspensions. I think that's the safest route because that helps you to understand what it feels like to be in rope. What does it feel like to have some of your weight held by rope? Uh, what does it feel like if your blood circulation is cut off uh, versus if there might be some nerve issues and, and understanding the difference between those. 
Uh, I guess we do have seen at uh, at a few parties a newer person who really wants to be suspended and has seen uh, a picture of on FetLife of a rope suspension and has no experience of rope whatsoever and wants a full suspension at this first rope scene. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen people do rope suspension as their first rope scene also. Yeah. Um, and that is quite risky for, for both parties because really your, your bottom is not going to understand like, I just think it's very unlikely that they're going to understand what what a good sensation versus a bad sensation is going to be if you're doing a suspension in a public place and it's your first rope scene you're more likely to, to tough it out I think we talked a bit about rope at parties before um, I think it carries quite a lot of risk um, equally I think that sometimes people don't understand how rope is painful yep. <laughs> so sometimes you know we have very beautiful photos um on pet life and uh for sure um people we've seen people who've done their suspension and say oh it hurts a lot um whereas we would say well yeah there is some pain that you can expect and so you need to understand what that pain might be and if you're okay with that like for some people floor rope is is amazing and brilliant and enough like no need for suspension um so that's one thing um and also understanding how you might react to rope in terms of rope space i think is quite important so that's why i think it's also good building up so for me i get quite spacey in rope um but we have done enough rope and, and i did enough floor stuff before my suspensions to be very comfortable that i can safe word in rope space that's about the only thing I can do, but I can do that. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making these rope podcasts and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. I think it's also important to understand the risks um, from a physical perspective. So you you could get injured in rope, like mm. you just said before. Um, and I think it's important to understand what those injuries are, what they might look like, and to just, I guess, accept that uh, risk. Mm. Um, even if you've mitigated for it, like, as much as possible, um, accepting that risk is, is important and knowing what you're getting into so that it is truly rack. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Besides the safety and risk aspect, are there some uh, pro tips that a bottom learns as she, uh, <laughs> as she gets experience with suspension? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some basic but critical things. So one is going to the bathroom before you go and rope. So you're, you're probably not going to be able to come down particularly quickly. So always use the bathroom before you uh, go up. Yep. Um, eating is another important thing. So it, I think it's good to eat, have eaten something light recently. Um, but as we found out to our cost one day, um, don't try and eat too much. Um, otherwise, any kind of waste rope or inversions will make you quail. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it could be unpleasant. <laughs> yes, it was very unpleasant. Um, and also make sure that you've drunk um, enough water, you're hydrated. Um, we, we live in a very hot country. 
and we're not big fans of air conditioning so um sometimes we can get quite dehydrated during scenes so um making sure you've drunk enough beforehand but not enough so you need the bathroom the whole time um there are some things to to balance out there okay so so far maya you've told us about understanding a bottom should gain before attempting suspensions are there any skills that she should have yeah i mean Getting familiar with rope and how your body responds in rope um, is super helpful because that helps you to be a more um, more of a partner in the rope rather than, you know, a sack of potatoes who the rigor is just shoving about. Um, and there's a piece around active bottoming. So active bottoming is, a, is very much about that being uh, part of the, the rope partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and that might mean uh, using your body to push in different places on the rope. And that might be about uh, balancing. That might be about balancing the, the pain. It might be about shifting your weight around so that you can sustain it more. It might be about looking nice in the rope. So if you want to achieve a particular position, um, and the, the running man is a good example that we did recently, where um, the first time we did that, or the first and second time. We've done it a few times, but the first few times um, I didn't really, I had seen the position, but I didn't really understand enough about the rope to know where and how to push. Plus I didn't have the um, the physical, um, uh, not strength, like um, ability to handle the pain basically. Okay, yeah. Whereas more recently we did it and I felt like I achieved a much better position because I felt like I knew more where to press my body into the rope i knew what bits to uh, stretch what bits to um uh, position i guess and i could handle the pain better so that was um more successful active bottoming i think interesting hmm. um it's good to warm up as well um i kind of um, skipped over that but um understanding what your where you're stiffer where your your body is stiffer and more warming those up a bit more yeah. Uh, anyway, um, understanding where your body needs more um, stretching uh, and oh, making geez. sure that um, making sure that those muscles are a bit more limber if you're going to do something very challenging. And also just knowing your body, I think, is is important for suspension because you're going to put quite a lot of stress and strain on it. And if you've got like a dodgy shoulder and you don't really pay attention to that and then you, you know, try and put it into a, um, a tepu, then that's going to cause you a lot of problems. Um, I think. I think there's also something around um, that idea of partnership with your top and seeing things as a collaboration. So, again, I feel like there are a lot of bottoms who – maybe not a lot of bottoms. There are some bottoms who see BDSM as something that's done to them, mm -hmm. um, whereas I think that um, whilst obviously – well, not obviously – whilst typically in rope the top leads – it's still a collaboration Like you are going to active bottom. You need to give feedback. Um, you need to give good feedback. You can work with your partner um, to make sure their stress levels are reduced to help them um, understand how good they are at suspension. Like, do they need more support from you? What do they need from you? Um, 
And remember that if you do need to come out of the rope, don't wait until the last minute because it takes time to come down. Like that's really crucial. Um, If you wait until you cannot bear it anymore, you're going to have to bear it another couple of minutes. A couple of minutes or more, depending on how complex the suspension is. Yeah. 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 Okay. So from a a more techie perspective, what kind of equipment do we think we need uh, to be ready for suspension? I think we need some good rope, Maya. We do. We Um, like rope. We like rope. And for suspension, (laughs) we don't want to suspend with anything. We don't want to suspend with cotton because I don't think it's great for that. We don't want to suspend with rope that is too thin because then with the body weight, it's going to be cutting into the flesh in a way that's quite unpleasant. Although some people do enjoy suspending with dental floss, but that's a whole different kink, I think. Yeah. Um, And you're going to want to avoid something that's known as dynamic rope. So what's dynamic rope? So dynamic rope as opposed to static rope is rope that when you pull on it, it stretches. It's like an elastic band. And that's the kind of rope you would use, for instance, in uh, some rock climbing applications to um, buffer a fall. But that is not what you want when you're suspending a person in the context of rope bondage. Okay, so what kinds of rope do you want? Like, what are we looking for? Uh, some people use natural fiber, usually that's either um, hemp or jute, and some people do suspend with synthetics also, but high quality synthetics uh, that are rated for that. Uh, you want to look at the state of your rope, you don't want to suspend with old rope that's used and damaged, and that could basically break. Uh, yeah, I was actually reading um, uh, some stuff on FetLife at the weekend about this, and um, one person, one quite well-known rigger, said that he did, on average, three suspensions a week in the year, and he replaced his rope every year, because, and it was hemp rope, and he could see uh, damage on it after um, uh, a year at that level of suspension. So that was quite interesting as a rule of thumb. Uh, I might try and find that writing to link to if I uh, remember. Uh, And yeah, basically the idea is as the rigger, it's your responsibility to estimate the state of your rope and to say if you're satisfied with the load rating of your rope compared to the suspension you're trying to do, especially the state of your uplines, which are the bits of rope that are going to be your main things taking the weight of the model. So what's the load rating for people that might not have heard of that? Well, load rating is this notion of how much weight the rope can safely take and keep in mind that if your load, which in this case is a person, is moving around, it's going to generate more pull on the rope than if it were static. So with synthetics, you can get some synthetics with an actual rating for natural fiber, you're not going to get that, so it's up to you as a rigger to develop an understanding of what rope can suspend what in what fashion. So you're saying that you need more of a load rating than just the person itself? Oh, definitely. Himself. You need a lot more. Um, because of, How would you work that out? Um, I'm not of the school to make precise calculations. But I know, for instance, that my 6mm hemp uh, works for uplines, for suspending a single person. I would not use 5mm 
for um, main main uplines. And mm. then if you're suspending with Jute, that's another whole bag of tricks because Jute is less dense than hemp, so it's more uh, subject to breaks. So you, I would be double careful if you're using Jute for your uplines. So really what we're saying is that um, don't just suspend with any old thing. There's yeah. actually some quite complex uh, physics around this that you need to have done some research into rather than just being like, oh, I use this rope for my floor rope. I'm sure it'll be fine for suspension. Definitely. Uh, and so now that we have something to suspend with, we need something to suspend to, and that's what we would call a hard point. Okay, so what do we use as hard points and how do we know if they're okay? So we use a variety of things. Uh, they can be something that's attached to a ceiling in some fashion, and there's a lot of discussion about the risks of using a hard point in a ceiling. Uh, I would refer to, to a very good group on FetLife called Above the Ring, which has some very capable people discussing the different risks. But to give you the gist of it, don't, don't just drill a, here, uh, drill a hole in your ceiling and screw in something and say, okay, I've got a hard point now. That's not how it works. Uh, so make sure you understand the risks or you have had your hard point built by someone who knows what they're doing. And if you're... yeah towards the beginning of your journey in rope, you probably want someone who knows what they're doing, constructing your hard point, if you're going to have a hard point in your home. And if you're at all skeptical, skeptical, go and read the above the ring horror stories about uh, things in circuses and aerial performances breaking, and then you'll be quite quickly convinced yeah. of the need to do this. Yeah, the cautionary tale is quite uh, efficient there, I feel. Yes, uh, I would agree. And then you can also suspend to something that is self-supporting, such as a tripod, a swing set, uh, something you would construct out of wood, and so on. And so there you have the concern of the solidity of it. Don't forget you can also have uh, the concern of it tipping to the side and crashing down, especially with tripods. Yeah, yeah. If you have a load that's swinging a lot, yep. um, then that's going to impact on that. So any other equipment that we need? Uh, I would say for comfort, it's a good idea to cover the floor with something, such as a mat. It's not going to help tremendously in case your bottom comes crashing down, but just for kneeling on it or laying on it for aftercare, it's going to be much more pleasant than just being on gravel or dirt or whatever. And even um, in a partial, if you like, this is from bottom experience. If you are standing on one foot and you have a lot of weight on one foot for half an hour, that's actually quite a lot to put on the ball of your foot if it's a concrete surface. So that yeah. can be hard. Although I've heard a few people be very anti mats, but I'm not sure if that's more about like not very good mats that slip. Whereas we have a proper gym mat that I think um, covers the whole area and isn't going to slip. So. Yeah, it's been quite good to us. It has, it has. Uh, and lastly, I would say you want to secure the general area you're suspending in. So think about things the body can bump into because, well, if you've got someone swinging from rope, they won't be able to control where their body's going and you don't want their... Uh, like their ants. Yes, you don't want them to be slamming into ants. Uh, to, <laughs> to refer to a recent suspension we did at a waterfall, uh, which added an uh, unexpected uh, aspect of fear play to the suspension, I would say. 
very did. I've never been moving in the rope so much to try and swing my body away from the tree and the ants, yes. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, but also that can be just uh, your bottom's head swinging into a pole or something, uh, which can be too Sure, bad. if there's something I can bump into, then I'm probably going to bump into it. So, yep. so uh, part of my job is to make sure that we have removed as much as possible things you could bump <laughs> into, uh, as well as tripping hazards like bits of rope that are not being used. You want to put or throw them far away from where you're tying so you don't trip into them later or uh, get tangled in some way. Yeah. So um, you have a very uh, excitable style for throwing your rope when you untie also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like to throw it quite far away from where uh, as far I'm as tying. possible. So when your bunny collects it, she's like going all around the, the house. Around the house, house. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's like a, yes. a mini game. <laughs> so um okay so we've got our equipment we've got our top and bottom skills how do we make a plan for our first suspension we're going to want a plan that is simple to execute so it's not a 14 steps thing with three transitions it's okay we're gonna have this harness and this and this additional supports we're gonna tie this put this up stay up for a couple of minutes and come down that's the kind of plan we're looking for for first suspension I mean, a single ankle is pretty simple. It is simple, but also I would want a first suspension to have a lot of support. So using the major areas of the body that can take a lot of weight, so probably your chest harness, a hip harness, that type of thing. Not a single ankle or even not a single foot for your first suspension. Okay, okay. Um, what, what other things are good to um, put into the plan? I would say for the first suspension, let's not go too far off the ground because you get the same sensations as the bottom being suspended two inches into the air as opposed to 12 feet. But the result, if a rope slips and you fall down, is not going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, something that's easy to revert from. So let's say one of the legs is going up last and it can come down first to be easily reverted from a full suspension into a partial. Okay. And so if your um, bottom isn't too experienced, what kind of things are good for their first suspensions? Uh, something that she's not going to find too scary or too challenging. So there's some communication involved here. And more of a natural position where she can be relaxed and not have to worry about doing anything specific as opposed to a very codified form as the running man you were uh, referring to earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to find an explore what it's like to just have all your weight taken by rope rather than trying to do something too fancy I think is is helpful yeah, yeah. Uh, as it is for many things and I would include sex in that category it's your first time I work out better if at least one of you has experience yeah yeah very much so it um, sounds like a plan yeah so if you're uh, an, a novice rigger try to find uh, a bottom who has quite a few suspensions under her belt and then she can give you good feedback. If something feels wrong, she'll have um, a comparison basis to tell you, okay, usually the chest harness shouldn't feel like that. Can you can you help me find out what's happening and so on? Uh, the other way around, if you're a newbie bunny, maybe try to get with a rigger who has some suspension experience for your first suspensions. If you can do that because you're a couple and you're both starting rope together and that's fine, I would advise that maybe you do your first suspension at a workshop with a teacher looking over you and giving you advice. Yeah, that sounds very, very good advice. 
Okay, I think that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. So don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. And come find us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast, no space. You can also find us easily at ropepodcast.com. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on FET, and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>